welcome to another installment of Prophecy Update Radio. This week, the rapture of the Christian church, along with several other important prophetic topics, will be discussed. Bill Solace visits with the up-and-coming eschatologist Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Lamb and Lion Ministries is the ministry founded by Dr. David Reagan, who has been on our Prophecy Update radio show several times in the recent past. Nathan Jones is the one responsible for answering the multitude of prophecy questions that stream into Dr. Reagan on a frequent daily basis at lamblion.com. Nathan has written numerous articles about Bible prophecy and is considered an expert on the pre-trib rapture. In fact, Bill features Nathan's video production about the rapture on his website at www.prophecydepot.com. It's called Jesus Came, What's Next? Bill, like Dr. David Reagan, suggests that Nathan's video will bring tears to your eyes and strongly encourages all of our Prophecy Update listeners to go to prophecydepot.com and watch Nathan's timely world-class production. Dr. David Reagan says these days he's no longer looking for the end-time signs, but is listening for the sounds, alluding to those described in the rapture event of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18. This interview will be conducted in two parts, so turn up your radio volume and keep looking up for your redemption draweth nigh. Welcome to another edition of the Prophecy Update Radio program, whereby we intend to authenticate the sovereignty of God through Bible prophecy by telling you what Bible prophecy has to say about these last days. I'm your host, Bill Solace, and I'm delighted to have with me Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministries. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing great, Bill. It's good to be here. Nathan and I happen to be in Dallas at the pre-trib conference uh, sponsored by uh, Thomas Ice and Tim LaHaye, and there's... Uh, all kinds of nice topics about being discussed today about the rapture. So we thought we would pick it up in the theme of the rapture. Uh, there, in my estimation, I think Nathan will concur, and I'll allow him to uh, say his thoughts on this. There are four major prophetic events that the church should be watching for. One is the rapture. Two is Psalm 83, the Arab-Israeli conflict. Three is the destruction of Damascus. And four is the Ezekiel 38 and 39 Russian-Iranian-led invasion of Israel. Now, not necessarily in all that order. Of course, we don't know exactly when the rapture is going to occur. Nathan, do you kind of concur those are four big prophetic events we should be watching for? Everything that happens up to the tribulation, if you want to talk about the, the fifth big prophetic event would be the tribulation, but I don't think the church is going to be here for that. Correct. So, and this again is a pre-trib rapture, meaning that Christ comes and takes out his bride, the church, before the beginning of the rapture, hence pre-trib rapture uh, conferences where we're at. Now, uh, Nathan, let's start by talking about the rapture. It's an imminent event, is that correct? And what does that mean? Imminency means that the rapture can happen at any time. It doesn't have to have any kind of prophetic event to happen before it. Now, for instance, when we talk about Jesus' second coming, we know that all these events during the tribulation, the Antichrist rise, the one world government, all these uh, different battles and destructions of the earth have to happen before Jesus comes back. But for the rapture, None of that has to happen. It can happen at any time. 
Exactly. Now, Nathan, a lot of people who have read Israelistine, my work on the Psalm 83, the central theme, have somehow confused the thought that I'm suggesting that the rapture can't be an imminent event because the Arab-Israeli War of Psalm 83 has to occur prior. Now, in previous discussions with Dr. David Reagan and, and others, uh, we've discussed, well, of course, that's not what, what I talk about, and, and nor is that what I believe. Um, now, so basically, uh, how do you feel about that? Obviously, Psalm 83 could happen before or after. Is that how you feel? Well, I think a lot of us, especially, I mean, myself growing up, would look at the rapture and think that, well, that the rapture happens, boom, the next day the tribulation begins. And so the idea that there could be anything that happens between the rapture and the tribulation is a fairly new concept, at least for me. And I think as I talk to different people, because I, as a web minister, I interact with people over the world who bring in their questions and I try to answer them to the best of my ability or ask uh, Dr. Reagan for some answers. And uh, it, the idea that Psalm 83 or Ezekiel 38 and 30, excuse me, 38 and 39 could happen before the tribulation and after the rapture is, is something you know, and people are still getting their minds, I think, wrapped around that. And I know I am a little too, because like I said, I grew up and I thought, well, hey, the rapture happens, that's the beginning of the tribulation. But the tribulation doesn't begin until the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with Israel, which you can read in Daniel 9, 26 and 27. So uh, that is the event that starts the tribulation, not the rapture. Right. And also um, it's called a covenant with death agreement with Sheol in Isaiah 28. I believe that's verses 14 or 15 and 18. And you make a good point, Nathan. I think many Christians who are prophetically inclined, and of course not all Christians are interested in prophecy, mm-hmm. but um, have, have kind of grown up with the thought, and this is a little bit on the old school side, uh, that the, rapulate, uh, the uh, rapture occurs and the tribulation begins almost within the same 24-hour span. And then they started to realize, like you said, it's what commences the tribulation period, which is that final climactic concluding seven-year period on the Earth's timeline, is, is commenced with the signing of this false covenant with Israel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good point. Now, I was just talking to Tim LaHaye, who happens to be at this conference as well, sponsoring with Thomas Ice, and he was talking about the same thing. We don't know how long the gap is going to be between the rapture of the church and the commencement of the tribulation with the confirmation of the false covenant. So, we're all kind of starting to think through this, and of course, that what could fit in there could be these Israeli war prophecies of Psalm 83 and Ezekiel 38, should the rapture precede those events in Damascus, Isaiah 17, 1. Mm-hmm. So, but let's stay with the rapture for a minute, and then I'd like to dovetail into some of these other prophecies, because I think we both concur they could be occurring in the near future. Um, it tells us in First Thessalonians 4, verse 15 through 18, and I'm going to read it, and then we have Nathan comment on it. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then I want to read this concluding passage that doesn't seem to get a lot of emphasis, Nathan. I think it's critical. Therefore, with all that said, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, how do you interpret that passage? And uh, how does that, where's the rapture inside of that? That is the probably strongest verse section in the Bible that that teaches the rapture. Now, uh, when I heard you read, I didn't hear you say the word rapture. And so why do we call something 
the rapture. And uh, I had to go back into the Bible and, and read that. When I, when I read caught up or snatch up or take away, you have to go back to the original Greek. And the original Greek for the caught up or snatch up or take away is harpezo. And the, that's the Greek. But for 1,500 years, the Europeans only had the only Bible was the Latin Vulgate. And the Latin Vulgate is where we have the word rapio. And rapio is caught up, snatch up, take away. It's kind of like if I go in, uh, to get a pizza, I run to Papa John's and they got that pizza there. I grab it, I snatch it up, and I take it with me and I take it back home. And that concept of the rapture is there if you're reading Latin. Of course, we read English. And in saying the great caught up or the great snatching away, it's easier just to say the rapture. It's kind of like the word Bible isn't in the Bible or the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, but it's concepts, to, uh, words to help us with the concepts. So technically it could have been translated rather than caught up, rapture, because that's really what the, the uh, word was. Exactly. The, exactly. That language. Our English, it, it's kind of a shame. It's a disservice that our English versions, I mean, they do have the word caught up or snatched away, but we lose the word rapture in it and, uh, I think it confuses many people when they say, well, the, you know, the rapture's not in the Bible. I, I don't see the word rapture at all. But then you just turn around and ask, well, did you see the word Trinity in the Bible? And it's clear that Trinity is a, a concept definitely in the Bible. Uh, you can find uh, more on the rapture in 1 Corinthians 15, 51-58, and John 14, 1-14. So it's definitely a, a biblical concept, a biblical teaching, that Jesus is promising the church that he will take us away one day. Why well, we... Was it a... Uh, teaching at a prophecy conference with David Reagan in Louisiana recently. And he said, because there's so many end-time signs going on anymore, you know, with Russian-Iranian relationships uh, stronger than ever, and uh, the Psalm 83 nations seeming to be close to conspire against Israel, and so on and so forth. He said, in concluding his message, I'm no longer looking for the signs, I'm listening for the sounds. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the trumpet and the shout of the archangel and stuff like that. Now, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 15, 51, you were saying, Nathan, and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. So therefore, this rapture we're talking about is a mystery, one of those mysteries of the New Testament um, that Paul introduces. It says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, which, as I understand that in the, in the original language of Greek, they didn't have nanoseconds. Mm -hmm. So blink your eyes. That's the quickest measurement they could come up for a nanosecond in their vocabulary back then. So in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Amen. And it goes on to say, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then we shall be, it, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now, Nathan, I have put on my website, prophecydepot.com, a production you recently did about the rapture. And in there is a very powerful message that you're trying to get across to people who are left behind. And I would like you to talk a little bit about your production, what inspired you to do it, uh, what the intent of the message is, in addition to finding it on my site, how they can maybe find it on your site, and what is your site, and some contact info there. Certainly. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries exists to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ as quickly as we can to as many people as we can before it happens. And uh, one thing about the internet and the web and stuff like that, we know there will be technology throughout the terrors of the tribulation. I mean, for instance, when the two witnesses die three and a half years into the tribulation, there are two men that, that preach in Jerusalem. The whole world will see them die. 
So we know satellite technology and, and television will be there. So the wonderful thing about, about our website and about any of the Bible resources that we leave online is that they'll be there for people after the rapture to, to answer their questions. They want to know, you know what's happened? Where do these people go? Like you said, it will happen in a flash of an eye. Two people will be walking and all of a sudden one is gone. I mean, it will create total havoc in the world. And we wanted to be able to answer those people's questions. Now, we know at the time there's going to be a great delusion on many people because they'll believe, you know, maybe aliens snatched up these people or they'll try to explain global warming maybe. Well, they'll have to. Some, there's going to have, someone's going to have to give an explanation. Oh, yeah. They'll have panels of ex experts talking about how this happened. And we wanted to leave the truth with people. And so uh, I, I sat down and I wrote uh, basically 10 answers to common questions people have starting with the basics you know, is there a god does he have a son and walk them all the way through the salvation message so they know what they expect and they will have the truth out there and uh, because youtube has a, a 10 minute time limit for posting videos we tried to make it in 10 minutes but it's awfully hard to answer such big questions in under 10 minutes so uh, it well actually i minute. have two, it's two parts right because i posted two parts i broke it into two uh Places like Yahoo Video and stuff, you can post longer ones, Tangle, you have up to 20 minutes. So Okay, so let's talk about that. If they want to get it in one solid part, they can go to Tangle? If they go to uh, Tangle or Yahoo Videos or Dailymotion or um, uh, I got some of the other online video networks out there, we've posted this all over the place. So and what do they type? Jesus came? Uh, yeah. Jesus came was next or rapture or, or did many people disappear? I, I tried to put it more did, like if they had a question, did many people disappear? and they could look that up. Okay. And our hopes is that we'll disseminate this all over the Internet, and when the time comes, people find it. Of course, we have it on our website, but you never know what will happen on our website and for how long they'll stay up. We've got written versions of this all over the place. We've created a DVD version, and you can get it online at lamblineresources.com for $5. And we've leaving around. People have written, me in, written into me and, and said, hey, we've left them on our food stores. We've put them in our safes. We've put it next to our Bible shelf. So that if anyone comes and they're looking for food or, or clothing or whatnot during the, the terrible needs that will happen during the tribulation, they could find these and, and hopefully have a, a way to play them. Of course, electronically pass them through other people's iPods and cell phones and things like that. So we just want to leave it out there. And our prayer and our hope is that millions, tens of thousands, I don't know how many, but that the Lord will really bless this and the message will get out to those people. And we'll see it many people. Uh, come to know the Lord through that and meet them in heaven one day. Well, five dollars—that is quite a deal. Well, and that's just because you know the materials and the ink. And I'd give it away free if I can, and it is free all over the internet. You can download it off the internet, mm -hmm. especially if you have a real player. You just right-click and do save as. Um, you know, we've got the written versions. I've had people print out written versions and leave them around or give them to relatives. Uh, a gentleman this week just bought sixty copies because he wanted to give them to all his Bible study friends. So. The idea is to get them out there, leave them all over the place, uh, have them accessible through the Internet, and then the people come over them, and hopefully the Lord will have a few people set up during the tribulation to come to know the Lord that will continue to disseminate them during that time period. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes the concern is with the Internet is who knows if the the God of this world in the aftermath of the rapture, being the enemy Satan, uh, won't shut down powerful websites and things along those lines to try to prevent the... Um, the longevity of something like what you've done to stay on the internet. So therefore, these hard copy DVDs that are being circulated and things like that can end up being very powerful witnessing tools in the aftermath of the rapture. I think we can be guaranteed that it'll be like China, where they'll, they'll shut down keywords and things like that. So they, 
the world won't be able to look up some of this stuff. Yeah, as it coughs up its dangerous explanation of what just happened. You're right. The, the best witnessing tools could be the books and the DVDs and the things like this that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, now, I saw this production on the Lamb Lion television show. You and David Reagan did a special on it, Dr. Reagan. So I went and watched that immediately, and I was brought to tears, Nathan. I tell you, it's a well-done production, and the reason I think it, it is so gripping, for those that understand the, what stage sets in the world in the aftermath of the rapture, with, with the, the, the Antichrist will rise on all signs and lying wonders, there'll be a harlot world religious system that'll just be sweeping through the world and captivating souls. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, there's people who we love presently who do not know the Lord. And because the rapture could happen at any twinkling of an eye right now, because it's imminent. And we all the signs are about us. Like David said, he's not looking for the signs, listening for the sounds. Uh, it just gripped me because my concern is for the lost who are going to go through the, the traumatic times subsequently. Well, praise the Lord, Bill. I mean, the idea, too, is that it might be a message for those left behind, but I would be very happy to see people come to the Lord, the Lord now through it before the rapture so they can be included in the rapture and uh, to educate Christians, too. I've had a number of people write in. I had a gentleman from England write in this week and said he didn't know that about the rapture. He thought that it was uh, something quiet or mysterious that no one would know about. And I'm like, oh, the Bible's very clear about it, and it's going to be a very loud event. You know, we've got a shout from the archangel, a trumpet, and it might happen in blink an eye, so only believers could possibly are going to hear this, but it's going to have global impact. It's going to let the world know there is a God, just like the ending of Ezekiel 38 and 39. So I'm hoping that this video also is very educational for Christians in the church age. Okay, well, now we've discussed what the rapture is why it's you know where it's in the bible now let's uh talk about why it's a pre-trib event happening before the tribulation now chuck missler who's actually in attendance here at this uh, conference with us he uh, believes it's a pre-tribulational event he says that for those that don't agree with that that think it's a occurs in the middle of the tribulation the mid-tribbers or at the end of the tribulation the post-tribbers he said well when we're caught up pre-trib we'll just explain it to him on the way up <laughs> so that's his humor now yeah. But there are a lot of arguments developed that talk about it being in the middle of the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation. Now, why do you feel it's in the beginning of the trip, before the tribulation, pre-trib? I think I had to get my mind around this. You know, it's easy just to listen to people and say, yeah, yeah, he's right. But I sat down and I went through the verses. You know, the, the rapture verses we talked about, I looked at the second coming verses like Zechariah 14, 1 through 21, and Matthew 24, 29 through 31. It's comparison in Mark and Luke. In Revelation 19, and when you look at the verses, the second coming verses of Jesus Christ, and you look at the rapture verses, they tell two different stories. They explain two different things. For instance, in the rapture, believers meet Christ up in the air, were brought from the ground to the air. But in the second coming, Jesus comes down to the earth and actually lands on the earth, on the Mount of Olives, which happens to split. Now, why do the rapture verses leave out such a major thing like the Mount of Olives, which you know, it's covered in, in graves. If you've been there, it's actually going to break into two. I mean, that's a major event. Uh, so it's not going to be a bungee cord drop where he comes down, grabs us, goes up, and then comes back down again? Is that? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, you continue to read, uh, in the rapture, believers go to heaven. But in the second coming, glorified believers come from heaven 
to meet earthly believers already here. Right. Where did those believers, I mean, in the nanosecond it happened, people came to know the Lord as Savior. There has to be a time period between those two events. Uh, the rapture is a deliverance for the church who are delivered from the wrath to come. But in the second coming, there are believers enduring wrath and God rescues them from the enduring wrath. Uh, the rapture, like you said earlier, there's no signs that precede it. But with Jesus' second coming, then there's tons of signs that precede it. We know that the Antichrist sets up a one-world government. There's intense persecution of Israel, of Jews, and of Christians. We know of worldwide judgments, uh, oceans turned to blood. I mean, everything, fire and brimstone, apocalyptic happens. So after sitting down and reading through all these comparisons between the rapture verses and the second coming verses, I concluded that it is impossible for there to be a post-trib rapture. In other words, a rapture that happens at the end of the tribulation. I think the biggest argument against a post-trib rapture is if believers are raptured at the very end of the tribulation, they go up, they get their glorified bodies, the glorified bodies are like angels and that they can't reproduce, they come back down with Jesus to reign, we enter the millennial kingdom. Who's creating children? Glorified bodies aren't creating children, and yet the Bible talks about all the believers through the sheep goat judgment who enter the tribulation. The believers are the sheep, and they enter the millennial kingdom, and they have children. So it can't be us. There has to be believers left to have children. So I think the post-trib rapture doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay. Uh, you hear about a, a mid-trib rapture. Right, the rapture let's talk about that. has to happen in the middle of the tribulation. And they get it from that verse about the uh, last trumpet blowing. Well, okay, well, that must be the seventh trumpet judgment of the, you know, there's uh, seal judgments, there's trumpet judgments, there's bowl or vile judgments, however you want to call it that. And they assume that, well, that trumpet judgment is the, the last trumpet. But if you follow the feasts of Israel, we see a lot of major events have happened in the Bible of Pentecost, happened on the Feast of Pentecost. Well, I think that the, that verse is particularly talking about the last trumpet is the last Feast of Trumpets during the Church Age. And there's over 200, I think 221 references to trumpets, and I don't know why the mid-trib folks grab right. onto that and say, well, that's the trumpet, it's that trumpet judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Uh, a lot of the, their belief is that the wrath of God happens during the bowl judgments. And before that, all the judgments, the seal and the trumpet judgments, are the wrath of man or the wrath of Satan. But God handed out those trumpets. They come from the throne room of God. So God mm -hmm. initiated. Jesus is the one that opened the very first seal. So the wrath that happens, that God pours out through the entire tribulation, happens because God said it. Therefore, if Christians, the church, are supposed to be raptured from the wrath of God, it has to again happen before the tribulation begins. Okay, now it also says in, what is this, First Thessalonians, that God did not appoint us to wrath? Oh yeah, and there's a whole bunch of verses that tell us, tell us that Christians are not destined to suffer the wrath of God. Okay, I'll try to find that while we're talking. Um, there's the other thing that I find interesting, and I think people might want to take some time to study this, is the, uh, the prophetic inferences of the seven letters of the seven churches, to the seven churches. Um, in one of those letters to Thyatira, um, that church is promised to go into the sickbed of the Great Tribulation, whereas the Church of Philadelphia has said they will be kept from the hour of trial. Mm -hmm. Revelation 3.10. Yeah, so therefore, what's interesting is, is one of the purposes of the seven letters of the seven churches, there were several purposes, of course, they were literal churches at the time, but is that it was, it was prophetic interpretation in that they would be, it would outline the church history in advance. Mm -hmm. So therefore, a lot of people suggest that the, um, the church of Thyatira 
pretty much embodies Roman Catholicism. Um, not that all Catholics, of course, are uh, you know going to be unsaved to be cast into the, the secret of the tribulation. Whereas after that, you had this evangelical Philadelphian type church that went out and missionized the world in in the 1800s and, and 1900s and stuff like that. That uh, the open door was given to them and so on and so forth. So that represents the church on earth. They're caught up in Revelation chapter four. So church on earth, Revelation 2 and 3, chapter 4 and chapter 5 seems to be the church pictured in heaven. I think there's some good arguments for that. So therefore it looks like the church on earth, raptured up in chapters 4 and 5, um, worth researching. I tend to subscribe to that. And then you've got Revelation 6 where the seals start to be opened, the first seal, which seems to be the emergence of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple of the theories. Is that, have you heard those as well as to why it's a pre-trib? Rapture. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, the entire church age can be encapsulated in a Revelation two or three. Each church almost represents, what I'd say, it would represent a different time period within the church age, and with the last church being Laodicea being the apathetic church. And today, you know, we look around and we see the churches just rolling in apathy, and the, a lot of its strength is gone. Um, when you mentioned Revelation three ten, I've opened it here. It says, uh, "Since you have kept my command to endure." That's all the time we have for this edition of Prophecy Update. Join us next time as best-selling author Bill Solis, the host of Prophecy Update, continues his discussion with eschatologist Nathan Jones on the subject of prophecy and the rapture. You can listen to this edition of Prophecy Update on Bill's website at www.prophecydepot.com or simply go to kwbb.org and click on Prophecy Update Archives. Until then, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.